0: Welcome back to another episode of the Tide Talk podcast. Stacy Blackwood here with my guy Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing good, man. Just a little heartbroken from you know Saturday, but you know it's 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 not over with. Tide, tide will rise again.
0: Yeah, I mean it's obviously the season didn't finish uh, the, the way we had hoped for, uh, and that kind of all started against Mississippi State when when two got injured, and then the heartbreaking loss to Auburn. Uh, it's just, uh, it's been a tough few days, but I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you. The first 15 minutes after the game, I was pissed off. Mm-hmm. And after that, I just, I said, well, you know what? It's over with, forget about it. And I've been pretty good ever since then. So, uh, Saturday at like six o'clock, it was pretty tough, but, but after that, I've been pretty good. And, uh, how you holding up? I'm
1: I'm all right. You know, it's. Um, yeah, I was I was with you. I was pissed off because you know we'll, we'll get more in depth into it, but you know there was a couple of uh, questionable calls, and and I was pissed off about that. I still don't think the SEC officiating has answered any of my tweets that I put out. I don't think they've they've answered anybody's. I don't even think they've they've even been on Twitter this week. So I think they're kind of skirting around all the questions that and uh, missed calls that they've had, not in just this game, but the whole year.
0: Well, I'm just going to say something about the SEC officiating office. The, this is the exact reason why fans get so pissed off. is mm-hmm. because they're the ones that created a Twitter account and were tweeting stuff week in and week out about calls and games. And then all yep. of a sudden, in the biggest game, the biggest rivalry game to me, in my opinion, in the SEC, they have a couple really questionable calls in the game and they have yet to address them nearly a week later. That's why nobody respects the SEC officiating office, because they're a joke, they're a bunch of punks, and they're too afraid to come out and admit that they were wrong. I mean, look, if you get it wrong, you get it wrong. I know they're human. They're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I I understand that. But be man enough to admit that you fucked up. Excuse my Mm -hmm. language. Yeah. That's the only way you can say it, because it was. But anyways, I really didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but uh, we put out a a tweet earlier, so let's just go ahead and move on before I get pissed off again. Uh, You know, uh, we put out a a tweet today, you know, to kind of send some questions. And, uh, you know, our guy Andrew at at Terry 65 uh, he wants to know uh, who we think the best choice for replacing Pete Golding is.
1: Uh, Well... Let's, start, let's just start off, and, and there has been no indication that Pete is, is going to be fired. There's been rumors, but but as any rumor is, it's just a rumor. So, until the university uh, announces anything, I mean, and he's still out recruiting for us. He was out the other day, I think, in Mississippi looking at a defensive tackle that's committed to us, or somewhere, I've I, I seen that the other day. But uh, if, he, if he is gone, uh, you know – if you, realistically, um, you know, Charlie Strong's out there. Um, you know, there, he's a really good defensive minded coach. Um, the big thing about him is how he how will he doing recruiting. Um, of course, I, I would like Will mill uh, Muschamp if, if he's let go, but I think they've come out and said they're gonna stick with him another year, I think. Um and then, you know, just a crazy off the wall, I know it's not gonna happen, but you know, it would be pretty cool, but um, that old that old coach that I uh, got a uh, got the paint slip in the NFL, Ron Rivera. You're talking about a defensive minded
0: coach there that that I would love to have as well, but that's just wishful thinking. You know, I think all them guys. Well, back to Pete Golden real quick. Uh, Saban has always done this with, with with coaches. He lets them finish out the season. I mean, right. he, he he does not fire guys uh, mid season. I know it's not mid season, but they do have a bowl game left of uh, the early signing period. It's is coming up. So he's it, now is not the time to fire an assistant, especially if they've been recruiting. But, uh, so Saban's really sent him to guys that he either feels really good about, you know, that, you know, there's really zero chance that we're going to lose the commitment or he's sending them to guys that he knows we don't have any chance of, of landing anyways. If you look mm-hmm. at who Pete golden has visited. So, uh, I think that I think it's you know pretty much written on the wall that, that, that uh, Pete is going to be gone. Whether it's you know he kind of leaves on his own accord or or Saban pushes him out the door, I do think he is gone. Uh, I I'm not crazy about Charlie Strong. I think he's an okay defensive coach, uh, but I, I don't think he's built for for big time football. I do, that's just my opinion. He's been at Texas. Their defenses were trash. That's true. Uh, I, I just I just don't think he's built for big time football. Uh, I know he had a couple good runs at, at Louisville, but I, I just he had he had Teddy Bridgewater that that covered up a lot of of who they were. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not a huge Charlie Strong uh, supporter. Uh, Ron Rivera, that's a reach. He's he's not going to come to college. I, it wouldn't be surprised if if I think he's going to be an NFL coach next year. I do too. I mean he's he. The the Panthers are idiotic for letting him go. I agree. I think it's he's arguably the best, their best coach they've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I know they made it. They've made it to one Super Bowl with him. and They made it to one with I think John Fox was the coach then
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, a long time ago. So I think you can make the argument that Ron Rivera is the best coach they've ever had. So that that's kind of a I'm surprised that they they let him go. But I, I think he'll be a head coach in the NFL this next season. So that's that's not going to happen. Uh, Most champs probably staying at South Carolina. Um, Did you say anybody else, or was that the three you mentioned? That's the three that I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, to to me, I'm going to say one guy. And it's not a reach, but the only thing is, is that it it would be his his first time being a defensive coordinator. And I know everybody wants to get a proven guy, but it's hard to get a proven guy. The proven guys are are where they're at, or they're going to be a head coach. It's 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 hard to get people to move laterally. So uh, what the guy I'm talking about is, is somebody who who actually got his start at Alabama, and that's that's Glenn Schumann, who is the uh, the co defensive coordinator and the inside linebackers coach at Georgia, and uh, he got that title this year. The the previous three years he was the inside linebackers coach at Georgia. He was a a, a graduate assistant uh, at Alabama. Uh, from 2008 to 2014. Well, he was an undergrad analyst from 2008 to 2011, and then he, he became a graduate assistant uh, from 2011 to 2014. And uh, mm-hmm. for a couple of years, he was the, uh, the director of player development uh, at Alabama. So uh, he, he's an Alabama guy. Uh, he's from Texas, but he's, his, his education comes from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you see what George has done defensively. The last couple seasons, uh, you see that they have guys on the inside. You know, this year and last year that maybe were not quite as talented as what they had a couple years ago when they had a what was that guy's name, Raquan Smith, that
2: Mm -hmm. inside
0: linebacker who was a was a beast. He was a complete beast. They have not had the you know this super talented guys playing on the inside, but they play really well. I I think, and the the biggest thing for Schumann – Is he is a lights out recruiter, so uh, to me that's somebody to watch. I don't know if Saban's going to go that route. He may try to go the route of hiring somebody that's you know, uh, you know, well respected or not. Not not that Glenn's not well respected, but somebody that's you know kind of more high caliber type name. So that's. But I do think Schumann is somebody to look out for. Uh, Obviously, Jimmy Lake would have been my first choice, but now that he's the the head coach of Washington after Chris Peterson randomly stepped down, uh, that's obviously out of the question. So, uh, And Glenn Sheeman, he's a young guy. He's only 29 years old. So uh, it it would be a little bit of a reach for Saban to do that, Mm -hmm. but at least you're getting a high-level recruiter and and somebody who knows the scheme. you know, in there, and I think I, I don't think you would lose any continuity. Uh, you know, bringing in somebody like Glenn Schumann. And uh, you talked about
1: scheme. Um, I was going to get your opinion on this. Um, I've seen a lot of people, and I've talked to a lot of people who who think that um, you know Saban's scheme has, has passed him by. Like, like he needs to change it up. Instead of you know, we run um, you know he's run the same defense for years. Um, well, what's your
0: opinion on that? Uh, the only thing that I can I can kind of think uh, if if you go back and look at the Jeremy Pruitt defense when when he was at Alabama, it was it was a much more simpler defense, and and what I mean by that is he had he knew he had guys that could make plays, mm-hmm. so so he just kind of simplified the defense. I, he didn't play. I'm not going to say he played a lot of base type stuff, but it it was very basic football plays and he just allowed his athletes to make plays because 90% of the time Helbum has the better athletes on the field so I, I could see Saban getting back to more something like that I don't think mm-hmm. he should change the scheme I don't think he should change the identity of the defense but I-, I think you know maybe simplifying things a little bit and letting these you know four and five star recruits make plays. but you know I I'm not going to question a guy who's, who's forgotten more football in the last three minutes than I'll know in my whole entire life. So uh, yeah. uh, that's a, that's a slippery slope to be on, but uh, I do think it would probably be in the the best benefit to try to simplify some things uh, on the defensive side of the ball and, and see if that could kind of help the young guys, uh, you know, as they develop and, and learn the system.
1: Yeah. I was going to, going to make the comment that, you know, I'd, I'm not going to go against whatever coaches, coach decides because, I mean, he's won six national championships and, um, you know, he, he's turned that program around at Alabama, uh, following the, the Bose and Franchoni and Price and Sheila years. So whatever he decides, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, i think uh saban took a chance on on pete uh obviously he was i mean he was recommended by bo davis a couple years ago to nick saban and uh i think for for other reasons besides just football pete has not settled in and and become the coach that he's that he's probably capable of being i think eventually he's going to be a good coach i just don't think right now is the right time and uh uh, it was obviously a tough season for Alabama and, and, you know, being, being as truthful as possible. He, he was, he was fighting uphill battle anyway, losing Dylan Moses, losing Joshua McMillan, losing LeBron Ray. So it's, uh, he, he had a, he had a tough climb anyway. And, uh, the, the defense just never could quite get things figured out. And, uh, I think it's obvious that the, that the coaching staff is going to have to be, you know, shook up a little bit and, uh it wouldn't be surprising if, if Pete Golding is, is not the only coach that that's no longer part of the, the staff come next season. I agree. Um,
1: we also had another, uh, question. It was from KB at uh Kit Kat 34. Um, she asked, um, would Tua be coming back or not, you know, and, um, you know, there's rumors going around, uh, that there is potential that he may be, uh, he may be coming back. Um, He's still weighing his options. I think he said today in his little little meeting session, uh, media session, that you know, he's still weighing the options. And um so um, you know, I I, I if he does come back, um, I, I don't think that's gonna hinder Bryce Young coming at all. Um, I think Bryce will still come and, and commit and come and sign and uh and then he just sat behind Tua for a year. And that is if Tua does come back and he can play. I mean, that there's still that little worry too. So um but but if he does come back, uh I think he's gonna be the the starter day one.
0: Well, as far as two goes, there is a lot of rumors swirling that, that he is leaning towards actually returning to Alabama right now. That he is he is really considering uh, you know, making the return to Alabama to uh to not only improve his draft stock, but to to kind, they kind of have unfinished business. I mean, Tua has not. I mean, I, you got to call a spade a spade, and it hadn't been because I don't want to say, and it hadn't been because of Tua. I don't. I'm not. I don't want people to misconstrue misconstrue what I'm saying here. But since second and twenty six happened, I don't think there's any doubt that Tua has been the best player in college football. But since second and twenty six happened, we haven't won anything. I know we won the SC championship game last year. But that don't that that's not what Alvin wants. I mean, right. Alvin wants national championships. Okay. So I, I think I think this season was a disappointment. I think the the end of last season was a disappointment. Uh, you know, losing to Clemson the way we did. So I, I think there's there's some guys that, that have that you know unfinished business mentality and you know kind of like Clemson guys had a couple years ago. You know, when they when all four of their defensive linemen come back, uh, when when they all would have been first round picks. So I, yeah, I I have a the the fan of me wants them all to come back, but the 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 realistic part of me wants them to go pro and get their money. I mean, I I don't want anybody to turn down millions of dollars. So exactly. I I don't I don't know what two is going to do. I know I wish two and nothing but the best regardless of what he does. Two has been a class act and a a just a great person to represent the university of Alabama. So we wish him nothing but the best, uh, regardless, but I, I don't think this is going to be an easy decision for Tula. I I really think he's, he is going to struggle with this for the next couple of weeks. And I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think he'll wait till January 20th,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I don't expect it in the next week. I, I think it's going to be a couple more weeks. Uh, it may happen by the time the new year rolls around, but, uh, from, from what I'm hearing, it's really 50, 50 right now. And it's a legitimate 50, 50. It's not yeah. a, he's just saying it's 50, 50, It is legitimately 50, 50. He does not know what he's going to do. So, I mean, it's uh, it could go either way right now. So I don't really know. And, uh, but like I said, we, we obviously wish two and nothing but the best. And, uh, uh, we, we appreciate those questions from, uh, from KB and from, from Andrew uh, mm-hmm. we appreciate everybody, you know, listening to us. So that's uh you know, let's hang in there, fans. Uh we we got a big basketball game tomorrow night. Uh yeah. with Stephen F. Austin, the team that upset Duke a couple weeks ago. So uh make sure you, you tune into that game. If you can make it down there to Tuscaloosa to watch him play, do that. Uh, so uh We still so, gotta go
1: sometime soon, man.
0: Eh? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna be going down there at least once this this season to watch the tide. Uh so uh, we hope y'all uh, y'all support the, the team. Uh, the Bahamas, I think the Bahamas went About how I thought the Bahamas would go, uh, I was re- I, they went one and two in the Bahamas. Uh, the long win against Southern Miss. I was hoping the win would would have uh, come against Iowa State, but uh, just uh, Iowa State played really well offensively. Alabama did not play well defensively, so that was just kind of kind of one of those things, but you know, this team's, this team is still growing. They're trying to figure out their way in NATO system. And, uh, I, I think, uh, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the basketball season, especially when conference play gets here to, to see how much this team has improved, you know, from the, from the first tip of the season to, you know, to early January when, when you start playing some conference games.
1: Yeah. And, you know, uh, we talked to, uh, Samuel, um, a little bit about, about Alabama basketball and, you know, we made the comment um, that we dealt with some injuries on the basketball side as well. That's kind of hindered, uh, I guess, the you would, I would call it the process of uh, NATO's. Uh, Cause I mean, he's down to like seven, eight guys total, only three coming off the bench during the game. So I mean, he's got a lot of guys that's having to play, you know, a lot of minutes and, um, and they're just, they're just struggling with turnovers and, and they're all running a different system, more up pace system. So, they're trying to they're trying to get the legs under my, under that, but uh, Bama fans, I've got uh i got some good news uh to share real quick. Um, Furman is up on Auburn, fifty one to forty five, with ten minutes left to go in that game. So, and uh, in, in basketball, so um, let's go Furman.
0: Don't get your hopes up. Auburn's going to win the game. <laughs> I, I I I hate to be pessimistic, but that's. Auburn's going to win that game. They'll find a way to win, they always do. They they don't lose those types of games. Auburn, I mean that you uh, you got to call a spade a spade. Auburn does not lose those types of games under Bruce Pearl. He's he, he the, the guys are ready to play for him. So I just I just don't see that happening, but you know, ne- never say never. But uh I think that's all we got for tonight. Jake mentioned we we had a chance to uh speak with uh with Samuel Woolard of uh No Huddle Sports. Uh, yeah. So, so af- after this segment right here, it's going to go straight to our interview with him. So make sure y'all stick around for that. Uh, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, he has, you know, great insight. He's a, uh, he's an NC state Wolfpack fan. So he kind of gives a, a fresh perspective on, on the, the album program and, and kind of the, the sec. And, uh, we even uh, let him talk a little bit about his NC state team and, you know, yeah. kind of what he's expecting from his program. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. I hope y'all stick around and listen to that. Uh, before we let y'all go here, make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at Tidetalk_pod. Use the hashtag TideTalk. Uh, you can follow me, Stacey Blackwood, at Blackwood89. And I'm at Jake Thomas Tide. All right, guys. Hey, we appreciate it. Appreciate the support. We appreciate the interaction on Twitter. Uh, keep those questions and comments coming and uh, you know, retweet our stuff so we can you know, get more followers. We're hoping to get to 1,000 before the end of the or before the end of the year so yeah. uh we hope we can get there but until then or until next time uh roll tide guys roll tide welcome back to the tide talk podcast we are joined now by samuel woolard of no huddle sports uh he is a, he kind of told us he's an acc guy he is an nc state fan so mostly we wanted to bring him on we've, we've kind of gotten to know each other through twitter and uh Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wanted kind of a fresh perspective, you know, outside of the album of fan base on, you know, what you know what he sees in the program and, you know, what he's seen from the tide this year and uh, kind of just his perspective. Uh, like we said, you know, we're we're generally you know joined by fellow album of fans or you know people who are on the album beat. So it's uh it's going to be nice to have a a new uh you know perspective. Uh, you know on the podcast so we're glad to be joined so so sam we appreciate you having us on, or you being on with us
2: yeah man hey guys thanks for having me on i greatly appreciate it um i've listened to some of your stuff i think you guys put out a good podcast every week or bi-weekly depending on what you guys have going on so yeah i'm excited to talk alabama football and unfortunately for you guys the game on saturday and kind of season overall and the bowl season and kind of where you guys see things going in 2020 so um it should be it should be fun
0: Yeah, so, you know, speaking of last week, uh, we don't want to dwell on it too much, obviously, but, uh, you know, it did happen. It was a lot, obviously, disappointing. Uh, I guess, you know, I'm assuming you got to watch a little bit of the game or all of the game. I don't know, but, you know, did you... What what was your takeaway from that game in particular?
2: I was out of town, so I didn't watch the whole game. I did uh, travel for the Thanksgiving holiday, but I did keep up with on my phone, and I did end up watching the final, probably... 10 minutes of the fourth quarter so i didn't get to see what i think what people would say would be a very epic iron bowl it'd definitely be one for the storybooks the thing i thought that surprised me the most was traditionally both teams are very defensive oriented i wouldn't say the highest scoring game but to have a 48 to 45 game in the iron bowl with a lot of offense was good to see but also very different for me um I didn't expect that. I don't know if you guys expected that. I expected something more in the 20s. Maybe whoever got to 30 would win. Um, I I didn't know which way it would go. I knew it would maybe be a six-point game or a three-point game. I didn't know there would be a controversial call at at halftime with a a field goal that that may decide it. But I I think the most interesting thing to me was the amount of points. Did you guys see that being a high-scoring game, or did you kind of see it more like me in the 20s?
0: I was I was more in the maybe maybe one team could get to the 30s, but I, I did not see both teams getting in the 40s. What about you, Jake? Uh you
1: know I knew that uh, that Alabama. I said all week that Alabama had no problem scoring against uh, Auburn, even with their good defensive front. But on the back side, we even talked about it. Their linebackers and and secondaries kind of kind of weak. So I, I knew we could score, and uh, and I believe it, I I felt good in Mac, and he had a real good game, but um, but it being that high of a scoring game, no, I did not say that at all.
0: Yeah, the the especially you know I've been playing with a backup quarterback. It's his first true road start uh, in a, one of the toughest places to play in the country, where where strange things happen,s and, and you saw that Saturday, and so I I was. He made – Mac Jones, he made two mistakes the whole game, but mm-hmm. they were costly mistakes. I mean, it was, it was 14 points the other way, and really you could look at one of them as a 14-point swing in and of, in of itself because Alabama was first and goal at the one-yard line, and Auburn goes 98 yards for, on a pick six. So, it's uh, – that's a 14-point swing right there, you know, most likely. So, that's it – it's definitely tough the way Alabama lost. You know, it's – you're not going to win every game. I – I don't really get too down in losses, but you know, just the way the way they lost was just it was heartbreaking. It, it just, especially you know, even down to the last play of the game when they, they send twelve guys on the field on the on the fourth down play and, and it gives Auburn a first down and you don't even get the ball back with it, to, you know, to try to have a chance to win it. That was it was just really disappointing in, in the fashion that they lost.
2: Uh, to to hit on that Stacey I agree with you we talked earlier before we started recording and I think you said that Alabama had you know 13 or 14 penalties and that's very uncharacteristic of a you know Nick Saban team so I didn't know if that was the you know the new quarterback or the the pressure of the game or the flow of the game but I just thought that was also very uncharacteristic of an Alabama team in in a high pressure game because they don't lack playing in high pressure games it's something that they're in at least two or three of them every season so this, I thought, would fall into that game type of game, and it did. But that's n- not the typical Alabama team to have that many penalties.
0: Well, and and as Alabama fans, we we've seen it all season long. This is Nick Saban's most penalized team at Alabama. Uh, I'm, Jake, isn't it like twelve, eleven, or twelve penalties a game that they yeah. that they've averaged? It's uh, it's just uh, and, and and most of I bet at least fifty percent of of the. Uh, penalties this season have been false starts on the offense and it's just i i don't understand it because most of the offensive linemen are, are, are guys that's played for a couple of years and uh it was just it was just kind of one of those seasons where you know Alabama really couldn't get out of their own way they didn't have any any luck with injuries lost key guys i mean even before Tua went down it was the, the entire front seven of the defense was pretty much you know freshman so it's just uh it just really wasn't Alabama's year. And uh, I mean, I know that kind of sounds like an excuse with the injuries and, and all that, but it, it is what it is. It is the fact of the matter. And, you know, when, when, you commit 13 penalties on the road, then you also throw two pick sixes. You're not going to win the football game. That's just, it's not going to happen. I, I don't, I don't care if we had John Elway at quarterback that it, it just, it's not going to happen. Jake, do you have anything to add on, on the game? You know,
1: you know, you know, like you said, it's heartbreaking. Uh, you know, but but like I stated earlier, um, Matt Jones in his first big time, you know, away game in a, in a hostile environment, he he played out of his mind, and and I know we've got some, uh, we've got a really good guy uh, coming in next year, uh, Bryce Young, and there's that rumor that Tua may be coming back. We don't know for sure. But you know, it's gonna be hard to to uh to win win out over Matt Jones because he's got experience and he's played you know, he played big time
0: football uh last Saturday. Well that that kinda leads into my uh my next talking point was you know what I just wanted to kind of get each of y'all's perspective on, you know, what to look forward to. Obviously, you know, with with the ball game coming up. Obviously it hasn't been set yet, but uh you know, there's rumors of certain games, you know, like Michigan or, or somebody like that that they could play in the bowl game. But uh, just more on Alabama, what, what do you see, you know, f- for, for this team, you know, n- this bowl season and, and leading into the 2020 season?
2: I, I think it'll be – oh, okay, thanks, Jake. I think it'll be interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first year that Alabama's missed the playoffs, correct? They've made it every year. Correct, yeah. So <laughs> – so, I mean, you can't make it every year, but to be in it every single year, at least being in the conversations, is a huge accomplishment. I'm really curious to see how this team responds to a, a bowl game that's not in the college football playoff. You know, is it something they get, still get up for? Is it something that they they're still probably going to play a really good team? I like you. Stacey said they may see Michigan. They may see Penn State. I've heard Minnesota potentially. So they're not going up against a team that hasn't been on the national radar all year, they're going up against some some good teams, from potentially the Big Ten or maybe another conference. So I'm curious to see how they respond to being in a situation that they haven't been in a while, to not being in the highest profile bowl game. Do they come out flat and kind of, well, we're in a bowl game, yeah, we're here, it is what it is, or do they really get up for it and we still want to win this bowl game, finish the season off strong, and kind of wash the bad taste out of their mouth of the Iron Bowl? What do you think, Jake? Uh- Good point, man, uh,
1: Samuel. At, uh, you know, a couple – I think it was um, 2010, you know, we, we was really hopped up, and, and it was a big letdown season there, I think it was. And I think we played – was it Utah? No, or, Mich-
0: Michigan, State. Michigan State. Michigan State.
1: Yeah, and that's when, you know, we we went off and, and dominated. But, but there's also been times where we have not made national championship or the playoff, and, and we just laid an egg like we didn't really – want to be there. So I, I'm with you. I am want to see how this team, um, approaches the, the, um, the bowl and see if there. They come out, uh, fighting. And, uh, I mean, really, to be honest, that last ranking ought to lot of fire on them because I did not think they're a number 12 team in the, in the country.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I, I don't think so either, but I, I don't want to sound like a homer, but yeah, I, I don't think there's 11 teams that are better than Alabama right now. I mean, if you just look at it. I know resume is but I don't like to get into the resume talk because I mean, you you look at I mean, would 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 Alabama still be undefeated if they played Clemson's schedule? That's I mean, so it's it's not you can't really compare teams just based on resume. You have to watch how they play and and how they compete and you know what kind of players they have on the field, what I mean, I think it's I hate to use the word eye test, but I mean, I think if you use the eye test, I, I don't see 11 teams that are better than Alabama, but that's, we can, we could talk about that a different day.
2: <laughs> I, I agree with you on that too. I, I think they, they dropped and they dropped hard and, and that's kind of unprecedented from what I've seen in the committee. And when you look at their losses, you lose to um, what many people have is, you know, the number one or the number two team in the country uh, in LSU and in our tribal in Auburn. In both those games, you're putting up big points. It's not like you get laid a goose egg in either one of those games. So you're putting up points and the team just your opponent just happens to score more points than you, whereas some of the other teams in the top 10 or 12, they laid a goose egg in that counter for one of their two losses. So I kind of agree, but like you, you can compare resumes and schedules all day long, but that kind of surprised me of how
0: far Alabama dropped uh, in the latest uh, CFP rankings. Yeah. But kind of getting back to the, to the bowl, the bowl game, the the thing I'm looking forward to is Alabama has a lot of underclassmen that, you know, this is kind of in the new age of, of college football. Uh, we have guys that sit out in bowl games if it's not a playoff game. So I'm, I'm interesting to see what if if any of the underclassmen or, you know, seniors that are, you know, likely going to be taken pretty high in the draft if they if they sit out. I mean, that that would be a I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, you, you look at our top three, three wide receivers right now. They're all projected to be first round picks. I mean, can you imagine if all three of those guys sat the game I and mean, that's that's. Even with Alabama's depth that's a that, that would be a huge blow in that game and I, that's what i'm I'm looking forward to I, but I mean honestly, I've heard rumors that there's there's actually some guys that are juniors that are high profile guys that are you know kind of considering coming back, you know they have unfinished business. They don't like the way this season played out, and they, they feel like this team can accomplish more. so that's something to watch for for the next couple of weeks, you know, heading into the new year. I think the juniors have to decide by January 20th. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a long time after the uh, the bowl game, so uh, we'll be past that. But I, I do think it's something to watch, you know, the, the juniors and the seniors that are draft eligible, if, if they actually even suit up, you know, this bowl season with it not being a playoff game.
2: I do have I one
0: question for both of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. About the bowl,
2: bowl season. Is there a particular bowl game as a fan that, you know, you're not going to be in the playoff that you would like to see Alabama land or a specific opponent you think would be a good game or would kind of maybe rekindle an old rivalry from, you know, early 2000s or 90s? Is there any particular opponent you'd like to see Alabama go up against? Go ahead, Jake.
1: Um, there's been rumors, of course, that, uh, you know, we could end up playing Oklahoma as well. Uh, I think, it, you know, it would be more special if we had two of but you know, seeing Jalen again, uh, I, I'd like that. Um, I've really been high on uh, on Minnesota all year. Of course, they they kind of uh, blew it last week. I was I was one of the ones that thought that they actually might give Ohio State some fits if they made the conference championship game. And of course, they they blew it last week. But uh, I think that'd be a fun ma- fun matchup. Um, and uh, you know, Penn State that's uh, that's another good. Don't to, to me though, I didn't get to watch much Penn State this year, but. To me, they don't. They kind of lack. I don't know, like an offensive identity, but they don't seem like they score a lot of points. So, you know, um, I, you know that that might be an interesting matchup as well, especially with a young defense. I
0: see. I'm, I'm all. I want to play Michigan. I want to play Jim Harbaugh. I can't stand Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> that's that's more of a per- <laughs> a, per- a person, a personal beef. I, I want to beat down Michigan simply because Jim Harbaugh is their coach. And they, and they could wind up whooping us, but I, I want the opportunity to play Michigan. Just on a – I mean, simply because of Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> but that's – is there anything, you know, from the outside, who, what kind of matchup would you like to see kind of, you know, bouncing off of your question?
2: I just thought Michigan would be a good um, opponent. I think Michigan's always in the top 25, and no matter what they do, they always kind of hang around the top 25. So I don't know what to make about Michigan sometimes. I mean, they're a national program, a good brand. But, you know, they didn't really look that good against Penn State till the end of the game and made it closer than it really was. Didn't look that great against Ohio State at all. Um, yeah. And so they've, they've kind of hung around. But I think it would be neat to see, I don't want to say an upstart, because it'd still be just a bowl game, not a playoff, but a perennial power like Alabama. You know, they're always in the conversation. Are they going to get another national title? Are they going to repeat, repeat against maybe an upstart team like, if they did play a Baylor, if they did play a Minnesota, um, to kind of see where those programs are, do they do they really have what it takes to compete with a, a team that's always in the national uh, the national uh, championship conversation every year, or they just have a really good year? I think that'd be an interesting matchup, with kind of some the old guard versus the new guard. So I, I think if they played like a Baylor or a Minnesota, would be an interesting matchup
0: yeah and and by the way, I like both minnesota and and Baylor's head coaches. I think P j. Fleck and matt rule are are really good coaches that are you know eventually i think going to be at you know some of the what they call you know blue blood schools so i th- I think they're definitely got good programs uh especially you, you talk about like Matt rule what he what he took over at Baylor you know after that whole uh just embarrassing situation. I don't really know how how else to put it for that university. And, you know, in just a couple of years, he's got them, you know, right in the thick of things. I mean, they, 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 very, they can, they can beat Oklahoma. You saw what they done in the first half of that game. So, uh, I, that's, to me, that's the, you know, kind of looking ahead. That's, that's kind of the championship game I'm looking forward to most is the, is the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma and Baylor.
1: Now, now, correct me, but wasn't, uh, Baylor like, wasn't they like a five win team just like maybe last year, a couple years ago? So, like you said, the, the turnaround he's had there has
0: been been amazing to see. Yeah, they've they've. Uh, I, I want to say even his first year there, they went like one and eleven, if, if I'm not mistaken. And they stuck with. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, they they, they weren't going to get anybody else with the with the situation that they had. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a little quick, you know, research yeah, here. I'm doing a little quick research too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, 2017 was his first season. They went one and eleven. Last no. year they were seven seven and six and and right now they're eleven and one. So uh, he he knows how to turn some things around.
1: Mm-hmm. And PJ Fleck did the same
0: thing in Minnesota. Yeah, they and you know and and, and they kind of do it in two different ways. You know, you know, PJ Fleck is a you know rah rah type guy, and and Matt Rule seems a little more I don't know laid back is I don't know if that's the right word, but you know they kind of have two different personalities and. And, you know, it's – I just like seeing those young coaches like that turn around programs and uh, then eventually kind of get one of them big-time jobs. But, you know, Baylor's really not that bad of a job. I mean, if you think about it, you're in Texas, uh, so you're going to be able to get some players because there's just thousands and thousands of them in the state. Uh, You know, right now, UT is not what UT was. So, uh, you you can – really the biggest threat in the state is is a and m at this point and and really Jimbo's still trying to build that down there so uh you know baylor might be a good situation for the next couple seasons for matt rule well that kind of went all that went way off from alabama but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
1: since we're since we're on this topic and we're way off alabama uh since you're an nc state guy uh you know, what What are some things you like thought said that program improve on to, I know uh, it's been maybe two or three or four years ago, they was in the top 25. So, well, what has changed and what needs to be done, you feel like, to uh, make that, you know, be more competitive against, like, Clemson and stuff?
2: I, I think the biggest thing is consistency in um, winning the games you should win. Our biggest hurdles of, you know, we're favored in a game or, we're the better team. We have a five and one record playing a three and three team, or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Our biggest foes have been Wake Forest, Boston College, and Syracuse have been killers for us the past couple of years. I just think consistency. Uh, last year they won nine games, or two nine games, nine games two years in a row. Excuse me. So mm-hmm. they've they've been able to do it, but just putting the program together and recruiting those players, they've been really good at developing players. You know, taking a two star recruit or three star recruit and develop them to be in the NFL or to be the star of the the program. But Mm -hmm. to find those recruits and those diamonds in the rough early on uh, has been hard. So I think the thing that I'm looking for the most is to get consistently eight wins a season. I'm not reaching for the moon. We're not on Clemson's level, and we're not going to be there for a couple years. But to get there, I think if you can consistently win – eight and four, nine and three, eight and four to get there, then you can slowly start building the program. I know you're not going to save it in one year. But right. I think the biggest thing from this year was defense and adjustments. Several games we'd be leading in the first half, maybe not by a lot, but we'd be leading in the first half or tied in a, in a game that we really didn't have business being tied with. And then the half would just be flat. Um, mm-hmm. Be the same type of offense, same type defense. And and the opponent would adjust what we were doing well or what we d- weren't doing well, and it would work for them. So I think the biggest thing for me as a fan, and I try to be pretty objective, and it's hard, as you guys know, <laughs> um, yeah, <we're-
0: laughs>
2: is just consistently. Um, if you can, you know, you're not going to beat Clemson year in and year out, but if you can sneak a win against them, that'd be a, a, a program-building uh, win. But if you can beat the teams that are struggling, the, the Wake Forests, the Dukes. Um, the Syracuses, the Georgia Techs. Uh, if you can start getting those consistent wins, then the other big upsets will come. So I'm just looking for consistency is my main thing. Uh, injuries were big this year, but that just wasn't our year for for health and injury. So I think if we can next year, seven and five, eight and four
0: would be a huge
2: boost compared to what this year was. Uh,
0: did, speaking of injuries, did, wasn't the quarterback situation just – Injury-riddled completely? (laughs) It wasn't really
2: injury-riddled.
0: It was more
2: who's the best. It was kind of you take three guys all about the same talent. Um, Matt McKay started the first, I think, four games of the season, and then Bailey Hockman came in against Florida State. He played a couple games, got a win against Syracuse, and then Devin Leary came in, the freshman, for the, the last part of the season. It really wasn't injuries. It was just not moving the ball, not being accurate. Um, and we've been accustomed to, to some great quarterbacks. Uh, Ryan yeah. Finley was there last year, and he's with the Bengals now. Um, you know, you have Russell Wilson, Rivers. That's going way back. But right. even Mike Lennon, he was he was a good quarterback. So we've been spoiled by having good quarterbacks um, to, to lead the offense. But this year it was just kind of here's three guys. They're all kind of about the same. And no one ever really got the ball rolling um it was all their first years having the opportunity to lead the offense so that plays some growing pains there but i won't say any other three really took the reins to to stand out head and shoulders above the rest so i know matt mckay's transferring where to i don't know but he announced that on sunday right after the unc loss so he's gone and and bailey hockman and Devin leary will still be there but depending on who's coming in and maybe some grad transfers um it's still kind of anybody's game to see who is the quarterback in twenty twenty.
0: Well, that was going to be my my next question was, you know, with with McKay transferring, do you feel like you know either Bailey or Devin have a have a leg up, or do you think it's pretty much neck and neck still? Even though Leary finished the season, it was funny you asked. I
2: talked to my friend. He he covers NC State and the beaten Raleigh, and I asked him that exact same question. He said, to be honest, the transfer portal is You know, kind of like fantasy land and college football now. Everyone enters and everyone comes out and all kinds of crazy things happen from the transfer portal. So who knows who we may get from the transfer portal or if we even get someone. So I think if we get someone from the transfer portal, maybe that person has a leg up, depending on who it is. But if it's, you know, just the incoming freshman class, then I'd like to think that Leary um, and Hockman have a leg up. But which one I would probably lean towards Leary because he finished the season. Probably had a little bit more playing time than Hawkman. but as of today, I'd say those two guys are the best two. But you could flip a coin as to who gets to start right. on week one against Mississippi State in 2020.
0: Well, I'll tell you what we'll, we'll make it. We'll make a deal with you if Tua, for some odd reason, does come back <laughs> and Mac Jones enters the transfer portal, we'll do everything we can to get him up to NC State
2: yeah i will i will send you guys some
0: north carolina barbecue down there if that happens so (laughs) just let me know (laughs) oh man well hey we appreciate you being on with us and uh we hope you we can have you back on again sometime i don't do you do you watch much college hoops we're big college hoops guys too so i don't i don't know if you're into that but uh obviously album is kind of rebuilding right now with a new coach i don't i don't i don't know much about nc state right now but uh i didn't know if you kept up with that much
2: i do uh I'm I'm a big basketball fan. I I love pretty much anything college sports. I watched NC State beat Wisconsin last night, so that was a huge win for us. Oh wow! Um, yeah. But but yeah, I I will gladly talk Alabama or SEC basketball with you guys. Um, it's always fun. I think the SEC is a kind of a underrated conference in basketball. Sometimes it it might not be top to bottom the best, but some of the teams at the top year in and year out are always talking about national titles or, you know, making the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, and Alabama's had a couple of good runs in the years past. I mean, they're, they're a, I think, a program that's kind of underrated in basketball. They kind of get lumped in underneath, you know, Florida and Kentucky and the SEC, but I think it's a good program, and they definitely have a good athletic department, so
0: I'd be curious to see where Alabama basketball goes this year. Yeah, speaking of, a lot of people don't know this. Actually, Alabama has the second most wins in SEC history behind Kentucky, so I mean historically they're 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 you know obviously they're there are good ways behind Kentucky, but uh they are traditionally one of the one of the better teams in the conference, so we're excited to have Nate out at Alabama because we believe that he can he can turn the thing- the program around uh and we're just kind of excited to see where that goes and We actually play uh Stephen F. Austin tomorrow night, which is obviously who upset Duke a couple weeks ago, so <laughs> we're kind of nervous about that game now. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I actually watched that game. That was a surprise. But I think the SEC has good basketball, and, and I always love watching the SEC tournament and seeing who comes out of that. And I think sometimes it's an underrated conference for basketball. So, yeah, anytime you guys want to talk basketball, let me know. Uh, I'll gladly be up for that kind of discussion. Do you guys have any uh, expectations for Alabama this year, or do you just kind of want to finish middle of the pack in the SEC it would be a, a big win?
0: Uh, m- middle of the pack, really, and and mostly it has to do with, with what happened in the preseason, the, the football injuries kind of went to the basketball team as well. Uh, that that we lost two guys to season ended injuries uh, before the season even started. And uh, it, it, they both played the same position. It was our, our starting four and then our, our backup four was uh, both tore their ACL. So it's uh it was it, this season's already has kind of been, kind of tore apart with with injuries it's, it wasn't a deep team to begin with and uh now with those two injuries it's it's kind of put a put a i don't know what to how how to put it it just hadn't they hadn't jailed yet and, and it's mostly because of injuries and having to play play some young guys that really weren't wasn't ready to play yet and uh but I think the team can improve throughout the non conference schedule and then by the time – because this non conference schedule is legit I mean, they've already played North Carolina and Iowa State, and you know that Stephen F. Austin is not a pushover. Uh, they they travel to Penn State next week, so that's they play some good out of conference teams that can help prepare them when it gets to SEC play. And you know, once you get to conference play, it's you know you really never know what's going to happen there. So uh, I think as long as they can get to to, to conference play above five hundred, I, I think this team can do do some, you know, some pretty good things and finish, you know, kind of seventh or eighth in the SEC.
1: Yeah, you know, I and another thing that really hurt uh, in the offseason for basketball was, of course, the JQ uh, getting denied on his waiver. Uh, I would really like to see what he could he could have done. Uh, but right now, talking about, talking about all the injuries, you know, I think uh, Nate O'S is only playing like seven or eight people, you know. He's only got seven or eight guys to go to. So that means like what three off the bench at, at the most. So I mean he's he's in a he's in a, a tough spot right now. But I have no doubt we've already got a Keon the uh, Keon Ambrose uh, mm-hmm. committed, and um, so that's one one good pickup. So um, the the future looks bright. Uh, but talking about this year, um, I would say I just want to see improvement uh, as a as the year goes on, which I believe it will come SEC time. I think we'll cut down on all the turnovers we had. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited. So, I, I, I you know, 7-8, uh, I believe, is, is realistic in the SEC.
0: Hey, well, hey, we appreciate you joining us, Samuel, and uh, we'll hope you yeah, can man. be back with us, uh, you know, sometime again in the future. And I uh, hey, want you to let everybody know where they can follow you at on Twitter and where they can find you at on No Huddle Sports.
2: Yeah, if you go to Twitter, uh, I'm at SJ Willard. And I contribute to Huddle Sports. It's at underscore NoHuddle Sports. And we're, that's the same on all platforms Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So check us out. We cover a little bit of everything from college basketball, college football, to hockey, baseball, NBA, a little bit of everything. So uh, you might find something special about your team there, or your favorite sports. So check us out at Huddle Sports.
0: All right. Hey, Sam, you appreciate talking with us, and you have a good evening. Thanks for having me, guys. Buddy. Have a good night, too. See, Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to Tide Talk. We really appreciate all the support. And uh, until next time, roll tide.